0: Hi friends, my name is Jody Swee and I'm a life coach and spiritual director traveling the country with my family in an RV as we seek to find the joy in the journey. I have been studying the Bible for over 20 years and I freaking love it. Now I'm sharing it with you in the hopes that you will discover that you do too. We're going to start by claiming this space for our peace and transformation. Take a few deep breaths really good ones that you have to think about and acknowledge that Jesus is there with you wherever you find yourself. Sense where he is. Is he sitting next to you? Is he standing behind you with his hand on your shoulder in support? Picture where he is in this moment with you. Jesus, please show us the way amen today we're pondering what the bible has to say about killing your sin and it's in romans 6 1 through 11 ish and before we jump into it can we just talk about the book of romans for just a sec it is not the easiest of all the books in the bible to read and not because it's boring like some of the stuff in the old testament I'm looking at you, Leviticus and Numbers. Romans is hard to read because it's so dense. It's like trying to read Tolkien when you've been used to the Lord of the Rings movies. If I'm reading anything in Romans, I usually have to read it multiple times in multiple translations before I can wrap my brain around it enough to give it over to the work of the Holy Spirit. And Romans 6 is no different. If you're like me, and as I'm reading this, you find yourself losing focus, don't give up, and don't worry about it. We're going to break it down together. Just sit as I read these words and let the words in. Try to grab onto a couple of thoughts or words that stir something up in you and see how it goes. I'm going to be reading from the message translation today as I think it's the most accessible. Okay, Romans 6, here we go. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? This is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new grace-sovereign country. Okay, I'm going to pause here so we can digest what we just read because that was only the first half. So let's talk context for a minute. While Romans is hard to read, more patient people than I have taken the time to really break it down. And because of that, we know that the book is kind of broken up into a few different pieces. Chapters 1 through 8 deals with the theological stuff, which means studying the sources of our belief. Chapters 9 through 11 are a little bit more about Israel's story and the history. And chapters 12 through 16 tend to be a little bit more about the Christian life, which means that in 6, we're in the theological stuff. We're thinking about God and how it all works, specifically how grace and sin work. So I'm going to read the first part of Romans 6 with this context. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? This is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. So on first go around, or maybe even second go around, you might've thought that this section was about baptism, but it's not. See, the concept of baptism is being used to illustrate a different point, but, i really think the baptism is super interesting adult versus infant symbolic versus actual and i think it's worthy of a, a study and conversation all on its own and so if you're interested i'll actually be doing that this month in some bonus content with my patreon friends if you want to be a part of it you can just head on over to my patreon page patreon.com backslash jodi sweet to join in on this and many other topics that we'll be digging in together but for this text That's not the main point, so I want to stay focused. But also let's talk about baptism later because it's really interesting and cool. Okay, so focus, focus, Jody. I'm gonna read the very first bit again because I'm telling you this Roman stuff we need to, (laughs) it takes a while, people, it takes a while. So this is just this first part where it says, so what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. Does it sound to you like we're entering into the middle of a conversation? If you feel that way, then you'd be right. The author has been talking about sin and grace since the previous chapter, and he's on a roll. In chapter five, he's actually he talks about how much bigger God's grace is than our sin. Romans five twenty through twenty one says, "But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgivenesses we call grace." When it's sin versus grace grace wins hands down. Just like four of a kind beats a full house, God's gift of grace beats our sin every single time. So that's kind of what's happening in 5. Romans 6, if grace beats sin, do we just keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. What they're saying is just because we have the grace of Jesus doesn't mean that we keep on sinning. But not because we can't but because we shouldn't. And that is a monumental shift in understanding for many of us. You can, in fact, keep on sinning and receive the grace of God. But why on earth would you want to? You don't live there anymore. Sin used to be where you lived. Like your feet were planted in barren land with not enough to go around. But when you surrender your life to Jesus and accept the gift of grace, you are immediately lifted up out of that barren land and transported to a new land that is plentiful and free. And your sin is only something you are choosing to carry around in your backpack. You can keep it, but why would you want to? Take a few breaths here and really ponder that for a minute. You can keep your sin, still receive grace, but why would you want to? Listen to these words in Romans 6, 5. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. It continues and says, could it be any clearer Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life, no longer at sin's beck and call. What then is our invitation in this? How do we let go of our sin? How do we kill it? Maybe it begins not with letting it go or being freed from it, but not giving it the power to run your life. The sin-miserable life is one that is directed by pride and greed, lust, envy, overconsumption, anger and or laziness. But Romans 6, 12 through 13 says, you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. The invitation is to recognize that you are no longer held captive by your sin, but are free to move away from it by focusing on God's ways of doing things, which means choosing to focus on and live a life directed by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can I get an amen? Woo! That is good stuff, my friends. I want to pause here and just breathe for a beat. Allow the Holy Spirit to have her way in us around this. What do we need to take with us today? I pray that God's grace through Jesus would be very real to you today, that you can see the freedom in which your feet are planted, and that you can drop the baggage of sin that is weighing you down. If you need to spend a little more time with the Lord around this, and we probably all could use that, I encourage you to take the time, make the space today to do that. But for now, in this space, let's take a few minutes to pray for our people. Allow the Lord to bring some people to mind who you might pray for, and pray that they might experience the freedom of what Romans 5 calls aggressive forgiveness. Here's the last line of Romans 6 to close us out. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. Thank you so much for listening to Live Idle Wild with Jody Swee. If you love this podcast, there are three ways you can support my work. One is jump on over to Patreon, which is patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, backslash Jodi Swee, J-O-D-I-E, S-W-E-E, and become a patron and enjoy conversation around things like baptism and other bonus content that you can't get anywhere else. The second is to share this podcast with people you know and love. And the third is leave this little podcast a rating or a comment. Until next time, my friends, may you live in the joy and love of Jesus and allow it to grow wild within you until it overflows to others.